1: This is for the passionate Seahawks fans, the ones who care about scheme more than hot takes, the, the, the ones who want X's and O's and not talking heads from the eye in, in the, the sky. sky. This, this, this is, Seattle Overload. is Seattle Overload, with your hosts, Matty F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon, and Ty Dane Gonzalez. Let's go.
2: Welcome to the Seattle Overload podcast, where the Seahawks have returned to their winning ways. They are now 4-2 and two on the season. They have defeated the Arizona Cardinals at home 20-10. to 10. Arizona falls to 1-6. and six. Nice victory over a divisional opponent. Some recurring themes which were a bit troublesome. Jen, you've distracted me by putting red stripe. I, I love red stripe. Very tasty. Should have just gone with that. That would have been cheaper. Although, if I'd ordered red stripe, um, they might have come with like a really expensive bottle of red striped liquor which right. like cost a grand anyway preamble listeners check us out on youtube if you haven't we'll know what what that means ty that's me how was that game overall are you just walking out there with the w you personally and and you're happy with that or
0: yeah 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 me personally i was out on the field uh this afternoon it was a hard-fought game congrats uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, really means a lot coming from you. Um, yeah, so it's an ugly win, but you take it, right? Take anyone. It's a divisional game. Uh, games against the Cardinals, especially ones that take place in Seattle, usually go pretty weird. This one was no exception. I mean, that doesn't really apply because it's like different coaching staff, a lot of different personnel in general, but whatever, you know, that that's my narrative. I'm sticking with it. Uh, so yeah, you know it's a, it's an ugly win, but it's a it's a win nonetheless, and uh, you move on. So yeah,
1: Griff, um, I'm I generally feel pretty positive about it. Um,
2: oh, that's a shocker. Huh?
1: They they were <laughs> the the defense continues to be really good. I think it dominated a team for the most part. That it should dominate the Cardinals seem to whip together a drive or two or three against every team they've played so far. They really only had two drives this game that, like, moved the ball. Um, the Seahawks, like, bottled them up as well as made negative plays as well on defense. So, well, positive plays for, for their side of it. Um, so that's kind of what you wanted to see. Um, there were any. There were hardly any, like, easy completions or, like, there were no busts, frustrating busts. Um, on offense, it was the same flavor what we've been seeing, moving the ball kind of at will and then stalling when you get into the red zone. Um, I do think there was some positives from the way that they stalled in the red zone it's aside from like a horrible interception, which is just horrible. Um, but, uh, and then, and then, you know, they were again, accounting for opponents, you got to do that, but they were good on third downs today, run and pass. So, um, generally speaking, I mean, I feel like the offense can only get better as the offensive line continues to shape up despite the O-line playing decently today. Uh, continuity is still really important for a lot of different reasons. So, um, I I mean, the defense continues to get better and the offense's floor, I think, is still fairly high. Um, And it can only get better as time goes on is how I view that, um, the long and short of it.
2: Yeah. Uh, So we should say, offensively, they were challenged today given DK Metcalf was inactive, dealing with a hip and ribs thing. Zach Charbonnet also inactive, the running back, and then up front, banged up again, Phil Haynes, who had been playing right guard, then injuries happened, moved to left guard, inactive, and Evan Brown inactive at centre. So more shuffling. And I think one of the positives we can take from the offensive line is is the pass pro. Ty, I know you wanted to speak about how the pass protection in the main seemed good, like the sack on Geno Smith uh, was kind of more scheme thing where they didn't bite on the run fake they they hit the backside of the bootleg i know that the, the cardinals finished with four sacks overall but that all seemed to be Gino kind of holding the ball nothing open downfield presumably
0: yeah yeah gino was pretty clean all day and uh like on the the bobo touchdown you you see him kind of trust his protection and he kind of looks over sees like cross has his guy and that allows gino to hold on to the ball just a little bit longer before making just an insane throw to bobo um, yeah I think you know overall today the the pass pro was pretty good uh, the the run blocking is a little bit of a question mark and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, but I thought they uh, they held up pretty well considering that this is yet another week with a lack of any sort of continuity between these five guys you Got stone Forsyth playing on the right side today instead of uh, Jake Curran you got Ola with Timmy starting in, in place of Evan Brown um, yeah I mean you know it's just kind of been a They've just been piecing this thing together week by week, so it, it's hard to really build any sort of continuity, any sort of consistency there. So the fact that they were able to hold up, and look, obviously the Cardinals are not, they don't have a juggernaut of a pass rushing unit or anything like that, but um, still, you know, to, to keep Geno cl- as clean as he was all afternoon long, I think that w- that's pretty impressive. So, and, uh, and it allowed for them to, to move the ball uh, very well, as, at least through the passing game all afternoon long. So, you know, they got to the red zone, of course, but uh,
2: another story. Yes, yeah, so, so Griff, I, I don't know what you made of the, the offensive line. Did we see Stone Forsythe at right tackle for a bit? Oh, Galen's just mentioned yeah. it in the chat. Yeah, but... we did. Yeah, yeah, so that's interesting, and I, I'm anxious to see how that kind of shaked out. I know Curran must have been struggling um, and because he still has that an- the ankle thing right. he's dealing with, and then I don't know how the left side... Forsythe started the game, out. I think. Right, so maybe oh, really? he, I need to see the snap counts. Yeah. But who who played on the left then? Um, it was Cross the whole time. The yeah, whole cross the whole time, of course. Yeah, I'm yeah. yeah. um, uh, all of this stuff to keep up with. Um, <coughs> now, they had 115 net yards rushing on 32 attempts, which is only 3.6 yards per carry. However, that is kind of impacted by the short yardage stuff. And I think for me, the run game in certain situations. It seemed as though they were getting really good yards. Uh, towards the end of the game, they seemed to get solid yards when they needed to. And it came across to me, okay, short yardage doesn't help because they know you're running, but they knew they were running at the end of the game. I wonder if it's more case of they're able to run the ball out of 12 and 13 personnel, multiple tight end looks, and specifically more kind of under center stuff. But when it comes to the like gun or lighter personnel run game, They're having real difficulties. That's perhaps an oversimplification. We need tape. We need actual data rather than anecdotal stuff. But Griff, I mean, what did you make of the Run Gamer? Um,
1: I think some of the under center runs at like second and medium plus were odd. Um, I get wanting to be able to use play action in those downs at later points, those down and distances, because it's so effective for them. It's one of their best ways to move the ball right now. I, I don't i i just I don't really think that that was the the most efficient way to go maybe they were confident about their third down game plan sure enough they converted some of those subsequent third downs um and then I think that they want to have a gun run game for the same reason to be able to play action their gun play action game today was really good um but aside from that um I just feel like they're doing a little too much of it checking it either calling it or gino checking into those calls um That said, like still the early down drop back game was really effective out of shotguns. So I just don't know if if it's worth it. Uh, That said, Waldron likes to kind of um, ebb and flow with his sequencing over a cluster of weeks and then switch it up. So I think maybe he's at a he's doing this with some intention, some degree of intentionality, and then we'll see it go back down another way Um, in the subsequent weeks. I don't know, but it's like the last two, three weeks they have been gun running quite a bit on second down. In particular um so
2: yeah so on on Waldron to me and well before we get to Waldron actually because it's quite easy to to look at the play calling but I think we need uh, just the basic numbers to give us an idea of how the offense did the red zone they went one for three just 33 percent they didn't reach the red zone that often it felt like they maybe reached it more often than that but Mm. apparently not um Third down, they went 7 for 13. Seven for 13. So, yeah. yeah, 54% above that kind of 50% mark that they want to be in, so solid. But I think really the key theme to this game was the turnovers, and that includes DJ Dallas' tie, a really poor mistake, and he's shown perhaps sides of overaggression as a returner, which were punished today, running into a tackle, one-armed, and Joey Blunt gets his revenge. Then, Ty, Gino forcing that ball, uh, it just... You just can't happen can it
0: yeah and I, I i think his arm got hit a little bit on that so maybe he's trying to lob the ball over the defender but still uh, it's just a that's a, a play that you need to eat especially in that situation kick the field goal take the points move on um yeah just uh an example of gino doing a little little too much but i think overall you know today gino was really good it was just like a couple of really bad throws and like bad bad throws one of them he was fortunate enough that you know the ball didn't get picked that might have been a pick six on that ball over the middle to to jsn mm-hmm. uh and then um yeah the, that was the, bad the pick, yeah that was really bad and really bad the, the, yeah yeah and then the 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 actual interception down in the red zone was was rough uh but also i think it's a little bit altered by by his arm getting hit not sure i'll i'd have to watch it again uh and then yeah the dallas fumble um I feel like that's been kind of a long time coming because, like you mentioned, it he's been very, very aggressive uh, in some of the balls that he's he's not you know called fair catch on. Um, that wasn't really that, but uh, he's been pretty loose with football in general, and uh, you know, finally he he kind of gets got on that part. Uh, and then you know the the snap, uh, the the botch snap, those things happen. You know, it it's brutal that it happened, but. I'm not too upset about it it's just you know it's it's really unfortunate that that happened in that particular situation in the that particular game state um but uh yeah so you know just pretty sloppy game I mean I think there was just some sloppy decision making in general too uh like outside of Gino's um interception and then the the near interception also like Kenneth Walker running out of bounds again uh when they needed to run out the clock um Devin Witherspoon on the interception, trying to run it out of the end zone. Uh, even though that it it got called back anyway for roughing the passer, but still, like just some absent-mindedness, I would say across the board uh, today. Which, um, yeah, in a different situation, might come back to bite them a little bit more. But uh, fortunately, they were able to to dodge that. I I think the Cardinals only scored what three points off of the turnovers
2: today so yeah which i mean that speaks to the defensive effectiveness and I, I really want to talk about uh, the defense so i think that's one real positive on this game again but the the gino thing does it you know why he feels the need to press like that concerns me in back-to-back weeks just come away at the red zone points like they almost shot themselves in the foot again and that end of half, uh, end of game sequence tie was really poorly handled i know i know if they complete that past the jsn it looked fairly catchable then um yeah you know, we're we're talking about, hey, they, they did a great job there taking their shot and ending the game on that throw, but getting into a situation where Myers has to hit a forty plus yard field goal in a high pressure situation, okay, you can overlook it, but he just gave the Cardinals a lot of time not running there or really walking, not going out of bounds there. Yeah. It's just uh just so silly. Now
0: just some poor situational awareness. But yes. you know, that's stuff that you can clean up pretty easy.
2: Yeah, now the Gino thing, I, I'm concerned, and I know some people would be going even more overblown with this because uh, Gino, before he came to Seattle, was kind of seen as a, as a failure uh, and a guy who kind of did stupid stuff, even though I don't think that was fair, but that's how he's characterized by certain people, uh, certain sections of the media. Griff, you have uh, some data on the turnovers that suggest that he, it, we might be falling into a bit of recency bias and maybe just some prior bias.
1: Uh, well, regarding the, um, what am I trying to say? There are like two, two sides of this one, like one of the common criticisms that Gino's taking too many sacks. I I mean, he's not like statistically he isn't just because he takes a sack or two doesn't mean that he's taking a lot of them. I mean, his, uh, his sack rate in the aggregate before controlling for context is below average. And then if you do control for context, which different websites have different measures of it, different organizations do. Um, I think PFF's um, sack rate over expectation, he has the third best sack rate over expectation, which is to say he takes fewer sacks than expected in certain situations. Combine that with a low scramble rate, combine that with a, a low um, time to throw rate if you exclude the, the super long scrambles all all quarterbacks super long scrambles but even with the high average depth of target he's functioning really well in the pocket that is generally t- indicative of a quarterback who's going through his reads not missing guys and getting the ball out now he will miss guys on occasion as we know last week but that is not representative or that doesn't characterize his overall sample Then as it goes to the the whole turnover turnover thing um yeah he's certainly had he's had turnovers this this year um, and he's had turnover worthy throws this year but we can still measure this in the aggregate so um uh, there there are two different websites sports info so we'll start with PFF PFF had him um at uh, the, i think the 20th uh uh 20th lowest rate or what am i saying yeah so 20th as in it's not good Mm-hmm. Um, uh, twentieth, uh, lowest or highest rate? No, geez, I can't, I can't. You can do this. it.
2: <laughs>
1: he has the the twelfth highest rate of turnover-worthy throws. Is what I'm trying to say out of 32 quarterbacks, which is bad. Sport, which yeah. is bad. Sports Info Solutions has him at at the tenth. Um, so that's so on the other side of it. So I mean, it's 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 the subjective view of how each charting company views it. You combine those, that's probably bang average. PFF today, so PFF, the, the company that's giving him more turnover worthy throws, they had him as the highest graded quarterback for this week. So, again, you can uh. feel that how you want, but it's just the point is, is like that's also with, if you combine those two measures, he's probably in the middle. And that's with an offensive line that is in the aggregate in a worse situation than it was last year, the final six games of the week, or mm. the final six games of the year which is the cutoff of when his turnover really throw rate skyrocketed. Prior to that point, he was dead average by PFF last Mm -hmm. year, weeks one through 13. So, I mean, I think there's relative improvement in terms of him protecting the ball relative to the context and circumstances. And then secondly, I also don't think he's simply doing it as often as people are saying. He's certainly doing it more than he should, more than we'd like him to, but it's not this extreme egregious theme. Um, it's something he certainly needs to improve. But like the other thing to provide context to this, I think is if he was doing it less than he is right now in the aggregate, that would probably add up to like the, him being the fifth best quarterback through seven weeks this game. The fact that he is doing as much as he is is why he's probably somewhere in that eight to eleven range right now, yeah. in my opinion. So for,
2: for for me, it's the in the past two weeks it's the type of error it's the kind of magnitude of it uh kind of you know it adds adds it magnifies it the magnitude nice. magnifies it <laughs> um, <laughs> it uh the you know last week had nothing to do with pass protection that was him just liking a look and he he threw the ball wrong like if he throws that higher then it is it it's one of those where it might be graded by some companies as turnover-worthy, but with a high kind of back-corner-style throw for JSN to run underneath, it probably falls incomplete, and it's a throw there. I look at the tape, and I'm like, I'm fine with him taking that risk. Okay, he could have checked it down and got the screen. But if he throws it right, it falls incomplete. It, it, it just does. Be, um, the, it's just the fact he threw it wrong and predetermined it, and then you saw that the screen was there. This week, though the pick is the pick is so poor the this it's a sprint out it's late it's to the flat it's just so un gino like that i Mm. am concerned by that massively um just just really really awful and um no need to do that Pete carroll said though interestingly that in training camp they had a similar issue on sprint out plays with gino where he didn't know when to just not do not force it in because you have the option there to run. And it looked like it could have run for the first down. I know it could have, would have, should have. And and oftentimes when it looks like something could happen in the NFL, those windows closed real fast. But also just, you know, go down again. You could live another down. Yeah. Was that third and goal? Was that, third that, was,
0: that was third down. So, yeah. But in that situation, I think it was, what, 17 to 10? So they had an yeah, opportunity it, to make that, it a two-score and that's game. The,
2: that's the other thing. They had... Felt like the Bengals game, where you know how many opportunities you're going to have, and against a good team, like in the playoffs, if you start doing this, you will you will lose. Against the Bengals, oh, yeah. when you do this, you lose. You can't do this. Like the Cardinals are a joke. Like they're not a good team. They're very well coached, and they came out in the first half and did some really good things. And Buddha Baker did return to their lineup, but ultimately, like everyone knows what that is. Like they're they're a poor team, and there's not many yeah. teams in the league can get away with uh, doing that against. Um, yeah. Now. The, Again, the fumble. The, the,
0: they they scored three points off of the turnovers. Like against right. you that's not going to happen against the forty ers of the world, no. the Eagles of the world. So. No, no
2: matter how well the defence plays. Now the the fumble, Olu Oluwatimi comes in at centre, his first start. I think he does a pretty good job overall. We need to see the run game and the, the tape for that. But Yeah. And part of that also with the run game is like the centre makes some pretty important calls there and then the combo block chemistry that Evan Brown had with his two guards well the starters anyway was um looking pretty solid so there's moving parts around that but the fumble I know Gino takes responsibility for it but some of that I imagines on Olu I, Pete said the snap was a bit quick or something so it's just clearly like a timing thing and and it's not necessarily on either person it's more like a chemistry that needs working out I remember in the first half there was like a wide zone handoff where Gino was really having to stretch to get it out because the Basically, the timing of the play was slightly off, and he almost tripped over, and it kind of killed the timing of the play. So this sort of stuff happens. I don't really think... Like, Gino looks... No doubt the quarterback's going to look a bit stupid when they go under centre, and then they drop the ball, and, and it falls on the floor. And, yeah, he does take full responsibility for it. But really, my issue is that... that and then the fact it comes... the uh, The drive, like, they had a play in between, but basically consecutive plays of the offense out there almost of of Gino uh giving the ball away to the uh, the uh, Cardinals is not a good look but yeah the the pick for me is much more egregious than the fumble and the pick for me is the first like that's that's hyper hyper concerning like you just can't like stop don't do that <laughs> that's yeah. really bad but uh important perspective from Griff as ever uh, that uh, statistically like it's, it's okay. Like, it, it
1: will well, be okay. I, it should be okay. All, all I'm saying is it's certainly his bad play. It's, it's, it's as bad as it is. There's no rationalizing it. Um, yeah. I, I just, I wonder, like. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network
0: and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
1: how do we how do we gauge the frequency of his bad plays versus the frequency of his good plays if there right. were other if there were other elements of the offense that are less like out of the quarterback's control doing better i think that there would be a little bit more grace being extended to the overall picture here even if gino played exactly the same um you know like ice in isolating him and other like if they punch in one of those 2 yard runs uh, at the goal line um and, you know, like, how do, do we just – is there just a different tenor there? Because um, that was a good red zone drive until you got stuffed at the goal line twice. I mean, an offense would love to be at the two-yard line. I think them getting to the two-yard line was them slowly starting to figure out their red zone stuff. So I do wonder how much is the results being what they are, um, kind of, uh, like, coloring how we we're viewing the process of it all. Um, that, that said, I mean, quarterbacks turn the ball over, and this is these are his tono- these are his turnovers. And you know, if he starts doing it once a game, every game, then like, yeah, that, that's that's a concern, or more than that, that, that's a concern. Then we need to characterize him differently. I'm just saying, I don't think there's cause to characterize him differently yet. I just think these are the plays in the sample that are negative. Um,
2: right. I, I find them uncharacteristic. That's why I, that's why I found that troubling, really. That's that's my kind of take no, on that's situation. that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Um, <clears throat> and and even like the the the, J, the JSN almost pick, like he that, stared that down and stared that down. And yeah. usually he'd read where yeah. the weak hook defender was on four strong. He just sort of forgot that that guy was there almost. Like that, they, they still had a defender to change the math on that. I guess, just that, really bad. That,
1: that was the most. I think that was like the actual worst decision he made all game long. The, oh, yeah. the, 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 like, because that, that's a that's actual quarterbacking. Like the play hasn't broken down yet. You're in structure. Right, just... right.
2: It's and again uncharacteristic because usually Gino would read that out in structure and never do that. It was like, whoa. So I need to watch that back to see if they did something funky. Did they drop eight? Maybe it could have been.
1: I'm, I'm I'm not sure. I think he's just trying to rifle in because he's. He the has one rifled thing... before the one thing I, I do appreciate is that when he does something bad he doesn't change his play style to a detrimental degree to account for it the next time um i think that's a good thing so i don't i don't know yeah as always we gotta see the tape but um i just i feel like it's uh i don't know we'll we'll see really um and
2: and it is better for this to happen, you know, week six of... Well, what is it, week six? Week seven, is it now? Week seven, yeah. Yeah, week seven of the season, rather than if they do are good enough to reach the postseason, which I think we all believe they are, then if it happened in the postseason, that's a problem. But they need to kind of work it out now, especially with results around the NFC. And, you know, they have an opportunity to be really, really good. And, and, yeah.
0: uh, and make a deep run.
2: Right. January, so, so. so, on that topic, Ty, uh, we're well not the deep run topic, but the really good topic. I think it's easy to pin it all on the quarterback, but again, the or uh, in the offensive line, but the the red zone play calling. And again, it would help if you could run the ball effectively in those situations, which they seemingly can't do. But when it comes to Shane Waldron, um, I mean, what's your take on his his play calling here today? When you score 20 points, but you stall in the red zone and uh, turn the ball over twice, even though it's not really a play calling issue. Or is it? Uh, it's never going to look great, but... Yeah, I
0: thought the, the when they were first and goal at the one or whatever um, on the first run play, I thought that... Uh, we'll have to watch the tape, but I thought that Ken actually had the B-gap open mm. on uh, on Bradford's right hip. And he just he instead tried to hit um with Timmy's right hip. Um so I think that might have just fallen on, on Walker. Um the second play, they just got stuffed, whatever. I'm fine with them running it again there. Uh really my only issue in terms of play calling is kind of what Griff mentioned earlier, is just some of the second down run calls. I just think that's a little weird. Um, but overall, like I mean, we'll never know. There's so much context to comb through here when we're talking about this, but like, because again, like if the play calls actually work, then we're not talking about play calling, right? Like, ultimately, I feel like it comes down to execution, especially down there at the goal line. Like, I don't have any issue with calling run plays down there. I have no issue with calling, what was it, like inside zone or something on on the first and goal, and then I think it was inside zone again on mm-hmm. on the second and goal. Like, yeah, I I, I don't really have any issues with, with the the play calling. To be honest with you, I don't I don't really have a take on that other than we just don't really know do you feel any differently either of you
2: well one thing i'd say is like his offense is pretty siloed in the uh each formation has well, this is like any offense but he really does go to certain formations to do certain things and then off that there's like a certain tendency breaker off that occasionally which is sprinkled in but like when it's bad or they're struggling to move the ball, it becomes even more apparent. that It almost looks random that they're spamming a different formation or personnel suddenly and trying to get something going. Yeah. Um, but that's... I think... I don't know if that's uh, exclusive to Seattle's offense. I think it's just an offense that's struggling at the moment. Um, and it's right. like that second and goal play where they tried like the duo play action and they covered it up well. Or, no, might not have been second and goal. Might have been third and goal. It was third and
0: goal. You're talking about the one
2: to Parkinson? Yeah. And Pete took the points afterwards. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Um, And also, like, the the other thing that came to mind here is, like, you know, obviously this isn't to excuse the Seahawks offense down in the red zone, but obviously red zone efficiency around the league is down for offenses. So, like, this is Mm -hmm. kind of, this has been somewhat of a league wide issue. Uh, So, I wonder if this is just a matter of, like, offenses needing to readjust recalibrate in general. It's not just a, mm. a Seahawks specific issue. But yeah.
2: Yeah. But that, that third and goal play where it was like the, the the fake duo to me that felt like the that's the tendency breaker. Like like that's right. his that's his like change up. Um and they really mm-hmm. f- thought they were gonna get that. But I don't know. It, it's the it's just a problem. It's not the first time that this has been an issue for the offense. Right. and it falls on everyone's shoulders and they they need to work it out cuz i mean the defense and we we'll, we will talk about them <laughs> they they really kind of won the day again obviously the offense did some good things that we need to speak about also but yeah griff i know it's hard without tape but did you have any play calling gripes any wider themes
1: um i mean the only thing that i think that stalled the the open field progression or moving of the chains were, were those failed second down runs really mm-hmm. um i mean outside of that everything else they did seemed to work at least getting them into the red zone like worked re- really well um it was then getting into the red zone where i don't know i mean so like i i did a thread before the game where i said the reason why i think they're failing on and with the things that we've been talking about the reason why they've been failing on third down in the red zone is because those are the situations that reveal the weaknesses of the supporting cast as it's currently constructed um so it would be concerning if they were not doing well in situations where those weaknesses are revealed less like they're less dependent on um so like and and also like even not just the offensive line but the the receiver core they're like they're not as conducive. Uh, there's the skill sets of the receiving core and tight end and tight end group aren't as applicable to a short field as they are in a long field. Um, so lo and behold, their best red zone concepts that they've run are out of the high red because you've got it's still short, but it's longer. Sure enough, they got they scored two touchdowns off of, of off of two deep throws or deep-ish throws. The high red zone, the one to Jackson Smith and Jigba and then the ball to Bobo, like that's what this offense does. They dunk on you downfield. This time it was Jake Bobo instead of DK Metcalf of all people, but that was a a dime throw from Gino. That was Bobo winning. Um, And then when they get into the short, the short red zone, they're one of the things that has been going well, even this year, not just last year is their goal line running has been pretty solid. They had two perfect opportunities to do that and they just failed. But beyond that, they got there, they got into the position that they can lean on their strengths with, and they just couldn't execute this time. So it's, I don't think they failed in the red zone the same way they failed last week. I, I think really, like, if you take a look under the hood, I think they kind of improved intrinsically. And it was just, I don't know, what do you call it, variance? Maybe maybe you really did need ever Brown in that context. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't know, maybe Damian Lewis is 100%, but, you know, and again, we're also only talking about two plays here, which ultimately frustratingly is a really small sample. And maybe you can't make sweeping generalizations off of those two plays. Yeah. Uh, But I look at those two play, like, I mean, they converted that series of downs that got them to the two yards. That was functional red zone play. So I look at those two plays and Gino's Bozo interception those go the other way. I feel like they have a semblance of cohesion and mm-hmm. schematic identity in the red zone that works with what they have available to them right now. So all in all, I think I'm kind of okay with the the play calling. But but Maddie, back to what you said, I mean that is the downside of what Waldron does, right? It's the, the siloed element. Um you you kind of have different worlds and when it works, it works. But when it doesn't, it's not it's going to not work for those reasons that you mentioned. Because mm. surely not everything is going to work all the time. When it doesn't work, it's going to not work for a reason and in this case it's it's that it's that theme that you that you mentioned i think it connects to that for sure
0: so essentially what you guys are saying is like you need a plan b like an actual plan b to fall back
2: on or more like a plan like a plan c almost but but basically there's a lot of plan a's with lots of different plan a's with a plan b off each you need to be able to
1: live in, in the formation and do more out of each formation ultimately right Right. Which th- that isn't going to happen this year because twelve personal, thirteen personal is too effective. If we want to see more eleven and, and
2: if... to Griff's point on that, sorry, Griff, but it's important. You can't do too many twelve and thirteen personal formations.
1: Right. It's just not you can do what they the 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 pair trips or the the two by two wing. Or you can do, um, or can like do the, 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 empty, the, but... the the stack, and then the other thing is you can get into the empty world, which I'm actually surprised we haven't seen a lot of it because that was so effective for them. Empty out of 12 personnel, like their numbers last year were insane.
2: Because you get base,
1: you get base, but then also they don't have the O line to protect for that right now. No, nice. right. so a lot of a lot of this goes back to the O line health. Like five man protection out of empty is hard. Yeah, yeah.
2: So there's a it, lot to unpack.
0: <laughs> yeah it does feel like everything kind of comes back around to the to the o-line and, and even the though they
2: played really solid in this game from a pass pro yeah. standpoint and we need yeah. to look at the run blocking but yeah yeah um now my, the other concern to me on the red zone and it kind of transitions us nicely into the positive of today believe it or not uh the way that they scored today um now you'll take however the team scores right like i'm not complaining about that but you know it looks like a busted coverage on Jackson Smith and Jigba's seam route. It might not be. It might just be bad zone. It might just be bad corner play. It doesn't necessarily have to be an outright bust. It could be a good design. I need to look back at it. But uh-huh. it look, you know, for someone to be that open in the red zone on a seam in the Seahawks offense, we haven't seen that for a while, um, is kind of surprising. Um, and then you throw a miracle ball, which perfect throw, perfect catch, unbelievable catch from Jake Bobo. Like, I just question how sustainable both those ways of scoring are, and and it seems harsh. And again, it's two play; it's two play sample size. But with the whole context of the season, the struggles in the red zone, I'm just a bit like, um, that makes me slightly right. nervous moving forward. But maybe it's the the tipping point of, hey, we've we've won in nasty ways. We can get back to being a bit more uh, consistent and effective, and and, and more variance uh, down the line. I, I don't know. I mean being too critical.
1: Well, I, I think the theme though is that Waldron acknowledging that verticality is the theme to score mm-hmm. touchdowns. So sure like like well, what was their best red zone concept last year? It was uh Mills, right? So you got you have one in break.
2: Hasn't he tried the, the verticality every every game so far this season?
1: Um I, I feel like he was doing that like in the ten yard range, like ten yards out. Okay. Well, Fair. I mean
2: I've, I've, I've I just think maybe they just stop calling that cursed seam uh here's the one thing hitch, that they do is dumb as or, hell, yeah. Yeah, or sorry, maybe they stop calling the hitch seam uh hitch route and maybe they just <laughs> call different vertical plays. Yeah. Could be
1: that. The, the the other thing is so their their best like five to ten yard pass plays are long developing horizontal stuff, even if it's play action. Like mesh. Like mesh because that simulates the advantages of a long field. Your receivers are running longer where they're more likely to separate because that's the skill tyler lockett is a separator but he's not necessarily an elite 90 degree angle separator he kind of runs curved jagged lines and he manipulates the defender right he you can leverage the that ability the longer the route is the longer the concept develops they have not had the offensive line to run those long developing plays if they had stefan Diggs, none of this would matter because he's that kind of (laughs) he's that kind of They get him so like I mean like I am as content as you can be with TK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. but they have very unique skill sets you want Tyler Lockett, Tyler Lockett is generally a very good route runner but there are still some specific routes that he's not per se elite at right which Press is more him.
2: like um and and part of that also is like his frame right like Diggs is frame too. Diggs is slightly bigger and
1: he can he can high point the ball much better yeah. than Tyler Lockett. So yeah. like all the, all that stuff adds up. And right now I think I would be we would have no issues with the receiving core and tight end core if the O line was at even like eighty percent strength. Uh, if they had four at four other five guys, which I think they're getting really close to. Um, yeah, like you'd like Geno and Waldron and everyone else to be marginally better in spite of the circumstances. But we don't even need to worry about them getting intrinsically better in spite of the circumstances, just because the easiest way they're going to get better is just like Abraham Lucas getting back on the field, Phil Haynes getting back on the field, Evan Brown getting back on the field. You know, you finally got Cross and, and Lewis, you know, like the, the, that, that's going to be the the driving force to them putting it all together. I think so.
2: Mm-hmm. So I teased the positive, but one huge positive to this game was the performance of Seattle's two rookie wide receivers. I mean, particularly in the first half, because the second half, well, Jake Bobo still had a big catch, but JSN kind of went quieter, but we'll have to look at why that happened on tape. Uh, time of possession and coughing the ball up, giving it away, probably didn't help, and where they got the ball on the field. But overall, Jackson Smith and Jigba, four catches, 63 yards, a touchdown, and then Jake Bobo, four catches, 61 yards, a touchdown. Uh, one a first-round pick, one an undrafted free agent, but tie... I mean, you love JSN, and uh, you're loving Bobo?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. uh, All right, I'll admit defeat. Bobo is real. He he (laughs) is. He is.
2: I mean, dude,
0: he's got really nice footwork. Uh, I can't lie. And, like, we we saw that on display. We saw that on display, obviously, on on the touchdown. But, like, the clear out on the first first explosive that he had, like, he cooked that DB. Like, straight up cooked him at the line of scrimmage. He's... Yeah, he's he's got the juice. Um, I'm afraid to say. Uh, yeah, so that's. I mean, obviously, that's great for the Seahawks. Um, JSN finally getting involved and making like an, an actual like huge impact is great too. Especially with DK being out today. Um, you know, you guys have said this on the show before. Like it, it, it hasn't been an issue of him like not getting separation or anything like that. Just the results haven't really been there. So we we finally saw the results come with the uh, performance. Like he's had some issues. Like he's had a couple of drops. I I I wonder if he has like issue with velocity. Like obviously he had that one where like Drew just Mm -hmm. yeeted it to him down the sideline, uh, in New York. But then uh, the the slant, uh, today that he he dropped on the third down on the last what was the last drive of the game? Yeah, last drive of the game. Like that's a little bit of a concern. That's a ball that he probably should catch. There was also the one that uh, I think he dropped it. I think he got his hands on it where he kind of got clipped at his feet and he was complaining mm-hmm. after saying like he tackled me he ta- you could hear it on the hot mic um <laughs> but uh but overall i uh, you know I, I think just him finding the end zone today is is huge for him just confidence wise because i mean you could see it over the last uh you could see it over the last few games especially like that clip that that kind of went viral uh after the Panthers game where he was kind of down on himself after the interception like i wonder if he's been dealing with some confidence issues because the results haven't really been there uh, right, so
2: hopefully seeing all the team, like, kind of be really excited for him, even if he gets a catch, and then today all dapping him up after he's touched da- that. It feels... It's nice, like, you do that for anyone, but it feels extra attentive, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so uh yeah, so I think this was a great confidence boost for for JSN today and uh for Bobo. I mean, it's eye-opening. Another eye-opening day for, for Jake Bobo, who's just... He's doing it all, man. Uh, you know, also, like... Everyone's making a big deal about like, oh, they ha- actually had a successful screen today, like on the <laughs> on the JSN first down. Oh, how did that Bobo- happen,
2: Ty? Mm. Bobo
0: was a big part of that, right? Mm. Great block on that play. Like he's he's doing it all right now. Uh, so yeah, um, they have four legit dudes in that receiving core right now, and then they're gonna get Eskers back, and we'll see how they want to implement him. But it's a good receiving core.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, crazy. Like Tyler Lockett getting up there in age ish. Um yeah we always thought all oh, day that's kind of a not a ticking time bomb that's mean but it's creeping up as an issue right and you know he's he's a successful realtor now uh and you know the, there is a life after football and like we saw with doug baldwin for instance the end can co- can come sooner than you anticipate it uh you know it's, it's very sudden sometimes in the nfl so you just never know and it's always like what's the future of the receiver position Eskridge hasn't panned out yet, but suddenly it seems in an off season via the the first round and undrafted free agency, Seattle's found a really crafty six foot four, agile as hell receiver who can get open on any route basically, and then JSN, who's like, I mean, he still feels untapped to be honest, but uh, yeah. he's really damn solid. So, very yeah. very cool stuff. Um Griff, have you have you got a take on these receivers?
1: Uh, no, I would just echo what you guys said. I think it's cool that Jackson Smith and Jigwa could feature really as like the one of the main two receivers yes. in the progression for yes. uh, what they did, and they can still move the
2: ball, and it's fine. It was so cool seeing. Yeah. Like, I I love what DK Metcalf brings, but seeing kind of two outside slot types, uh, or slot outside types, not just a pure X out there, and yeah. how that influenced the drop back game, especially in the first half, like. Either guy could run a genuine like dig route where it's not the yeah. backside dig. It's like it could be a primary dig. Like you, either guy can run a variety yeah. of routes and a th- and you For can sure. get cut splits and go either way and uh, basically run the whole root tree. Which, I mean, we know what DK brings uh, and we know what his root tree is.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Right. So, like, uh, by that token, aside for the 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 Bobo touchdown, you didn't have the go ball this this game, right? Like, that's that's a huge. It's a silver bullet at any point in your offense, and affects so much the defensive structure. But you know, we got what we got instead, which was so nice. And then Bobo is just he's six four. He runs good routes, and he can catch with his hands, and he can play the ball in the air relative to the defender as well. Mm. That adds that should add up to a lot of production, and if not a lot of production volume wise efficiency with your touches and he has been nothing but efficient with his touches so i
2: want to see him given a a a bang eight
1: yes absolutely (laughs) because because that would be his meat and potatoes in theory right right Is him just running like a a a dig route against outside outside leverage like how does it look uh that's a corner post post corner
2: give him all of that Mm. yeah
1: yeah yeah. i mean more (laughs) 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 more Um. bobo god damn it
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> He's, uh, and you, you know what I found impressive? That that third and five, where it was getting a bit scary because the offense didn't get that second down run like they thought they would. And Gina yeah. has to drop back. And if they don't get it, they're in real crap. Like, it's like the defense is going to have to make her an absolute, uh, blinder again. And suddenly, you know, uh, on Twitter, I uh, got hit up by, uh, at Honald Blake, who I believe was at the Detroit game and was accurate in, um, No, no, the Bengals game, sorry. And they were accurate in their assessment live of what they'd seen, like how JSM was open, Gina turned it down. They tweeted that apparently uh, JSM was open on a touchdown there when Gina checked it down underneath. But what I found impressive about that, regardless, Mm. fine, Gina doesn't want to take the risk. They're trying to just win the game. Uh, We'll have to see if if the All-22 and the timing syncs up. But Blake has shown themselves to be pretty accurate. Bull Noah... But, um, Bobo full, like I don't think any receiver gets that first down. I don't want to overgas Bobo, but he caught that with about two yards to go, and he just knows yeah. how to like move. He's just a football player, yeah. like, he yeah. knows how to move in every situation, yeah. even on the pick, right? So you see the pick and it's awful. And then you see the reverse angle, and it's Bobo. he almost knocks that ball out at the end. He makes a really good tackle, and, and he's going for the fumble. Guy knows football. Guy wow. knows football, yeah. and okay, he's 25, but that means you have five years of his rookie deal, and then jobs are good in four years. But anyway, I don't he's know how a, undrafted he, free agents work. He, he's he's,
0: he's <laughs> scrappy. He's a lunch now, How long guy. is his
2: contract? Is it only one year because he's an undrafted free agent? <laughs> no, so. there's
0: like, well, maybe there's like RFA Three years, right? And then you can tender. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, three years and then RFA in year four. Yeah. Because RFA would be yeah. year four, right? Yes. Yeah. Was it year five? Yeah. So, well,
0: no, it's, it's exclusive rights free agent in year four, I believe. And then RFA in, in year five. Sorry. Exclusive rights free agent in year four, RFA mm-hmm. in year five, UFA year six, I believe. So, I think that's how that works.
2: It could be an option. Now, Jen in the chat is saying, could JSN be our Cooper Cup? We always kind of liken JSN to maybe doing what. Uh, Kind of Robert Woods did in that offense, but not quite. But yeah. what what JSN could, uh, what uh, Jake Bobo could be our Cooper Cup. <laughs> Don't tell Rams fans I, that. They get very I, upset. They're really, I, really upset on Twitter.
0: <laughs> I wonder why you would make that comparison, Maddie. Yeah, Matty. Like
2: Um, Because, <laughs> do you want to know why? They're both why? born on the West Coast. Oh, ah. okay.
1: I guess yeah, they have a lot in common after all. That's yeah
2: right. one is from uh, yakima valley and one is from please be a valley <laughs> so he, both he, both
0: of their jersey numbers start in one he, he, he oh does, he's from
2: massachusetts he, he's not from the west coast
1: he yeah, does yeah, remind no. me he of, transferred uh, from duke to UCLA, yeah. Yeah. but he he's like a massachusetts Laxbro bro kind of guy
2: if it's so i'm so happy he's six foot four because if he was five nine uh bill belichick would have like kidnapped yeah. him oh exactly yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> Because he, he is Bill Belichick of type of player. So,
1: you know who he reminds me of is a, a less physical, slightly more graceful. Exactly. But he, uh, uh, Drake London. I mean, they have a similar mm. game. It's, okay. it's all foot, footwork and just like movement skills and not necessarily. There's quickness. There's suddenness. There's fluidity. There's not really speed. Not Julio? You can separate. Uh, I was going to say Jerry <laughs> Rice, actually. Oh, right. Um, right, right. <laughs> Uh, but the, and he can play the ball, man. That's really what's the most exciting part. Like, yeah, the ability the ability to separate and play the ball is just.
2: Is he Millennial Steve Largent?
1: He's he's Jojo Girovi- Jojo Vicious meets Jordy Nelson meets Chris Collinsworth is where I would go with that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Meets Steve Largent. yeah.
2: Yep. nailed it. And so Julian Edelman. We should Before we get to the defense, we should credit Pete Carroll's two successful challenges. That made the Bobo catch a reality by his big toe. He must have a really big, mm-hmm. big toe to stick it in there before the rest of the foot lands out of bounds. Lovely work. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, an incredible catch. Like, what the heck? Um... Does Monday at the office feel
0: like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing.
2: And I like how kind of dorky he gets up. He he just looks happy. He's happy to be out there, one of the fellows. Um, mm-hmm. And then yep. Pete Carroll also had a challenge on a fumble, which I did not think was a cat. Uh, I thought it was a fumble, so I thought it was a catch. But he got it overturned to be ruled incomplete. Brought up fourth and six would have been. Fourth and two, fourth and one, and one? Fourth they and one. They were, they were, were going yeah, go to go for it, apparently. I kind of wanted yeah. them to go for it. but Yeah, know, they...
0: yeah. I, I, I stand by my opinion that uh, Pete Carroll gifted the Cardinals three points with that challenge. Yeah,
2: that being said, they did have a pretty effective QB run game, especially in that first half, and they may have been able to pick it up. They were doing some tough things schematically. Now, the defense, this is the third week in a row that the defense has allowed a total yardage of under hundred. Uh, under 250 total yards. So, hello. <laughs> um, the defense is playing football. And, yep, they only yeah. allowed three points off uh, three turnovers. They played some really, really good stuff. Josh Dobbs did get his yards on the ground, uh, seven carries, 43 yards. But, really, they kind of gave one play up, which was that big scamper that on the first and 15, 25 yeah. First and twenty-five for a touchdown. Yeah, where missed tackles, 25. whoever had the QB just didn't play it. Like they had the scheme up right, as Pete Carroll said afterwards, but they just didn't execute in that moment. But other than that, it was very much how Seattle wants to play defensive football. And yeah, that like the fact that they're they're dropping back to pass, and the pass rush can tee off, and they're actually getting pass rush, and the coverage is getting under, like getting enough depth, and they're killing the checkdown, making mm. the tackle of the checkdown. They're smacking the heck out the checkdown uh just just felt right yeah.
0: yeah 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 they're they're rallying to the ball it's great it's awesome also this is a cardinals offense that yeah it's not good like don't get me wrong here but they also like 2 weeks ago 3 weeks ago they they put up some yards against the 49ers mm-hmm. they put up 16 points they they they've had success dobbs has made some pretty impressive throws at times i've watched them a little bit over the last few weeks like they made them utterly inefficient for really most of the afternoon aside from that one drive that they scored on. And again, a lot of that was helped out by penalties, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So I, I don't look at this and go, you know, that's just a fluke because of how bad the opponent is. I think this was a a great performance by the defense and, you know, Dobbs was not good today. And also his receivers weren't really helping him out either. A lot of overthrows, a couple of big time drops, like, it, it was a rough look for the cardinals offense but uh, i still think that you know at least part of that is heavily influenced by uh how well the seahawks defense is playing right now and again yeah basically forcing them to find success with just checkdowns and qb run game like that's ideal and the way that they're punishing the checkdowns now the way that they're getting their the the way that the, mm. the pass rush is starting to get home a lot more often too where like even if they do throw to the check down, everyone's not like 20 yards downfield so they're able to rally, rally to the ball uh, a mm-hmm. lot quicker. Like All of it is just it, it's it's going a lot more perfectly. It's going a lot more how you need it to go and uh, it's leading to a lot of success for this defense which again is, is just dominating every single week now uh, for the last few weeks and it's changing my opinion on what the ceiling could be for this unit really
1: here here yeah yeah i mean like ty said they're a bad offense but you dominated the bad offense Um, yeah you have to do that
0: like they did exactly what they needed to do
1: there i mean and there's so many ways you can look at it their aggregate epa which just to use this statistical lens because it it conveys the point just really mm-hmm. quickly and we don't have was, tape yet right it was negative 0.22 per play so what does that even mean but percentile wise it's the 13th percentile performance of all of all games in the nfl history according to rbsdm.com which is a great resource mm-hmm. their success rate was 33 percent, which is eighth percentile so and their their past epa was ninth percentile their their late down performance was 25th percentile and their their pass defense or the Cardinals pass offense was 17th percentile. So they were thoroughly, utterly dominated, dominating an NFL team. They still put a drive or two on you together. Like that's what happens, but they held them to 10 points. Three of them was off of a turnover. You know, I mean, they, they, they really murked this team um, altogether. Um, And they murked them in the ways like Ty was saying, like it's the defense getting really good at things they've struggled with. Like they're, they have the pass rush, finally combined with cohesion on the back end that finally caught up with guys getting healthy and forming chemistry with each other that allows them to put the the finishing touches on the defense which is now to finally constrict the check down to be better positioned for it and then to make the tackle once you're there they're able to do all those things because of the because of all the other things like they're not a better running back defending team now all of a sudden it's an end, it's an end point of other things happening um, and that's what it looks like when you're utterly dominating them in the other areas. Um, now, maybe Jake Bobo missed guys downfield and we didn't see it, right? Like that happens every game. We won't know until we watch the tape. But uh, like Jordan Brooks had superficially one of his best-looking games he's ever had. Yeah, unbelievable. And he did play well, but like to me he's always been that player more or less. Just the circumstances haven't allowed for him to make plays like well,
2: that. Griff, interestingly, Pete, Pete Carroll basically said, like, this is him taking the chances at the right time, sort of along the lines of what you're saying. But apparently at, uh, at times Pete's felt that, and I'm kind of butchering his quote here, but he's felt that he, like, take, tries to take a shot at the wrong moment or tries to take a shot which isn't there, but he's seen the right sort of thing. But this is he, this he's seeing as Brooks' best stuff yet.
1: And, and yeah may, maybe like him doing like explicitly well on coming down on the short stuff but like you know i'll always i think we'll always value like what where linebackers really separate themselves is their ability to challenge routes at the second and third level
2: the so Logan Wilsons like, of the world
1: right you know 52.5 <laughs> graded Logan wilson so yeah if if he's not even being challenged there i mean to an extent what he did is somewhat replaceable Only through the lens that the difficulty of assignment is really not that difficult. But he's also part of the reason why they're checking the ball down because he's probably relating to routes at the second level well. And then he's maybe to what Pete is saying now able to he's timing it right when he decides to come down to the check down. And maybe he's able to do that more confidently because he can trust his pass rush now. Um, So it's all these things working together. Um, and also, like, they're just not missing tackles in the flat. How many times last year, even when they had good stretches where they had really good structure, the pass rush allowed the second-level defenders to make the tackle and they just missed the tackle? Like, it was just yeah. a matter of – like, Kobe Bryant, just not able to bring him down. Like, mm-hmm. that that isn't an issue right now. Like, everyone just makes the play. No. um I, I, didn't I feel even... – yeah, go ahead.
2: Sorry, but I, I just feel – it's kind of what Ty was saying earlier, but it feels like the coverage is almost – it's like the, basically playing good defense where – the coverage has a sense kind of for the pass rush timing on a given play and they know when they can come down um, on on the check down. Because at a certain point in coverage, if you're covering deep in your zone or you're almost, you know, you're aware there's a route kind of behind you, at a certain point you have to make a decision of when you're going to break on the football. And the best teams have a pass rush where they know at a certain point that ball's coming to the check down or getting picked and they know they can stick their foot in the ground a few seconds earlier than, well, not a second, but... It feels like seconds um, than, say, a team where they don't know the pass rush. And then that's why I check down to get big yards. But it, I, I felt, you know, Seattle only had two sacks in this game, despite uh, the Cardinals' right tackle. Uh, what's his name? DJ Humphries. Thank you very much, Ty. Getting ejected for contact and official, which was quite amusing. Um, but I felt most of that wasn't a, a poor pass rush. No, if anything, it was the pass rush uh, and the coverage. as They were hand in hand forcing the ball out to the check down with reliable timing and rhythm, whether they rushed four, five, six, you know, it just, I mean, I think the Cardinals did pretty good in their protections in, in picking up um, some of the more exotic stuff, the, the creepers or replacement pressures that Seattle run, but, you know, the four-man rush, but like pressure scheme stuff. But yeah, uh, yeah it, just, it just looks like Pete Carroll defense and football. And they had that kind of slow start that they've had other times this season a Jamal Adams spoke afterwards how, you know, they had to make some adjustments at half time. We'd be interested to see them. But again, the fact that they made adjustments that really kinda of nullified what the Cardinals were doing is just big for me. And Doug Baldwin tweeted out after the game, um, don't sleep on these Seahawks. And, you know, that's after the three turnover game, but it's just the way they won this game, the way they, they grounded it out and and Russian coverage and kind of a suffocating defensive performance so encouraging and yeah, who want who wants to talk about Devin Witherspoon?
0: Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's talk about Devin Witherspoon. I mean, the, the, the he's doing everything right. He's rushing the quarterback. He's making plays in the secondary. He's, I mean, literally snatching the souls out of out of guys in the flat. Like, yeah, man. He's he's disgusting. He's awesome. And it, dude, I'm so frustrated for him today because like he had a huge sack. He had a, a an interception, which again he should have stayed in the end zone, but whatever. And both of them get called back on penalties, soft ass penalties too. Yep. Super annoying. Um But yeah, he's just he's finding he's he's like Jamal in a way, right? Where it's just like he's finding ways to make plays no matter what the situation is on a week to week basis. Um Yeah, it's just like it, it reminds me a lot of uh, that that Jamal game in Atlanta, right? The the first. Yeah. Oh, Jamal right. Adams' first fun. game where he's like just like every week. <laughs> it's just like every play he's involved, right? right? And it's like that's that's kind of spoon, right? Like and he is just punishing It's right now, like just straight up punishing yeah. dude. Who is that? Michael Wilson or Rondell Moore that he just a blur Yeah and then he yeah. that
2: poor that poor i mean he did well to hang on to that but that poor sod had to then run a running back hand off on the next play and he get i mean that's not why he got tackled for loss but he did get tackled for loss he, i mean he must have been absolutely sick of, of football by that point the yeah. and and it's funny because that cover 2 hit uh, that's just him you know we saw that in college um and i i think i said uh when we did our breakdown on him griff i think i said something along the lines of oh, this will be, like, harder to do in the NFL. Like, you have to be really careful taking your shot here and recognise the opportunity, and he's good at that. But, I, you know, I, I'd love to see it in the NFL, but maybe... And then, lo and behold, he goes yeah. and does it, takes his shot. I, I, Jamal Adams said they knew the play was coming. um, And bang, like, bang. Yeah. And to do that and not get flagged, very impressive too, because I really yeah. expected flags, crowd reaction going, ooh. And then and then the way the, dis- the receiver gets absolutely smacked to the floor... I really thought they'd they'd throw a flag on that. But he clearly got the aiming point right and his head wasn't involved in the play at all. Just a a really, really good play. And the way that energizes the rest of the defense too, they're they're all absolutely buzzing. Like, Brooks started hitting people. um, Everyone's getting more pumped up. Almost feels like, I mean, dreaded momentum word. Feels like the momentum was kind of shifting towards the Cardinal, and then bang, nope no (laughs) you get they got first down on that play but it's just just uh a a kind of just impactful swaggering play and and i think a big part of the defense along with adams's energy returning as well and it's a shame that spoons two big plays the the other two big plays where i think on the sack he he went through the a gap which is like what they'd do with jamal adams which is cool or bobby wagner um i don't know about that penalty enrique woolen like it looked like the quarterback we didn't see it synced up with the quarterback but I find it hard to believe the quarterback wasn't out the pocket at that moment, but they said he wasn't. Uh, yeah, he and bailed then, really
0: quick. Like, yeah, he so. bailed
2: because he was, he was clean through the A-gap, which is the beauty of yeah. having Spoon because they don't expect 21, especially when he's pressed at the line of scrimmage on a slot, to then come through the A-gap. Like, no one's looking yeah. for that, especially if you're floating around with Jamal Adams on the other side. They're all looking over that way. Uh, and then... Uh, what was the... Oh, yeah, and then the interception. I mean, it was such an easy pick for him. So not... I mean, good ball tracking, good recognition in his zone. But yeah. that was soft on... Like In terms of... Le- letter of the law, it's correct. But intention of Maffei to then jump up and and uh, he was trying to play the ball and then ended up his hand landed on the helmet of Dobbs. Uh, and unfortunately, really, when Maffei got clean into the backfield on that stunt, he kind of jumped up rather than just going for the contact because I think he was almost a bit shy after that last play, but, uh, drift, what do you have on spoon or, or Maffe or any, anything? Well,
1: else? the one thing it, it just spoon is that one third and 14 early in the game, uh, where it looked like it could have been a pick, uh, where he was upset that he oh, didn't yeah. pick it and end up being a forced incompletion. So he, they were in half quarter, quarter of that game. He was, or that, that snap, he was the nickel, um, and they ran a dagger combination. So it was, mm. it was, uh, uh, two receivers to that side, the running back, it goes out into the flat, And so the slot runs a, a a seam and then the outside receiver runs a dig route. Um, He, Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he's, he, uh, he, he reads, he falls off the, the seam because he's dropping deep because Bobby takes the back to the flat. So it's really on him to close off the middle of the field in a way, at least play the, really the vertical hook and the middle hook. So he falls (laughs) off the seam and reads the, the outbreaker and he, well, I mean, uh, he kills the play, right? I mean, he almost gets a pick, but he's all over it. But he didn't he didn't do that in college like he's he's playing zone nickel like he never did this in college when he played in the the, when he was in the slot in college he was it was in cover one He was playing man so he's just his ability to play things that he's never done before again it just speaks to how natural of a football player he is he's good at everything he's good at everything they've asked they've asked him to do and they're asking him to do a lot like a lot of different things um it's just incredible really um like it's he's, like he's, if
2: uh, if Jake Bobo played defense, right? Right, right. It's a like, but, yeah. <laughs>
0: but it 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 is like having like a a second Jamal Adams who can play outside corner.
2: Yeah, it's a corner yeah. version of uh, corner right. version of Jamal. Um, and
1: and having two of those skill sets on your team it makes your overhand. It makes you so flexible as a defense, so yeah. flexible. You can well, do anything. Got,
0: yeah, and it has like opposing offenses just like constantly in their head
2: yeah right well and there's a there's a lot going on because bobby wagner's still a really effective blitzer too and brooks it has you know some speed like they have and you know it's not like jaron reed's been bad rushing the pass from draymond jones The just the vision is very very clear as as griff's lovely dogs clearly are excited <laughs> about the the seahawks dogs Really,
1: come here um come here oh come here. Come here. here we go.
2: It's been a while that Brady's been uh, been so keen to make himself the star of the show.
0: Brady has some thoughts on Devin Weatherspoon. Yeah, Brady. Come Brady, Brady, come, come,
2: here, Brady, come Brady. on. Come here. We're live, here. Brady.
1: Does Brady know we're live, Griff? Brady, Brady, we're live. Yeah, he's trying to make it all about him. Brady, come here. Yeah. He, he doesn't want to jump on my lap right oh. now. Come he's here, Brady. Shy. Come here. Oh, Brady. He's in
2: heaven makeup.
1: He needs to go out.
2: Okay, well we've done a pretty good podcast, I think, gentlemen. Yeah and dog. So. Now Brian very kindly donate did a donation for Matty's distinguished palette. Thank you so much, Brian. That's very kind. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't intentional. Um <laughs> Right, well that's the podcast. Enjoy the rest of Sunday Night hit- Football. Br- Br- Brady was
0: saying Matty hit it. Yeah. Matty hit it. <laughs>
2: Make sure you follow Ty at Dane Gonzalez, well Gonzalez. Follow me at Matthias Brown. True. Follow Griff at C Mike Spin Move. Make sure you check out Locked On Mariners, where Ty's doing some great off season podcasting. I heard that uh, the last one was on how the Mariners can sign um, some guy called Otani. I, I haven't, I'm not that familiar with him. Uh, mm-hmm. Make sure you check out my work at tape dot com. Gonna have an article on how Pete Carroll's uh, gone back to his. Roots but blended it with the current stuff, uh, explaining that. Twenty fourteen Seahawks tape with twenty twenty three Seahawks tape. And uh make sure you check out Griff's tweets. Uh and then <laughs> at Seattle overload, check out Griff's check out Griff's video on um Jamal Adams Jamal Adams breakdown uh, and then a sp- witherspoon breakdown from me. Uh r- gonna have to change the title to how Devin Witherspoon can be rookie of the year. V- very well, quick.
0: What is the best NFL theme song? NBC, Fox, CBS, ESPN. Which one has a the, the best theme song? For me, it's Sunday Night Football.
2: What, like the carry on? I think up? I need. I think I need. No, to the, no, all. no, not the carry on. One. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, that one, What's fun. the Fox one? Come on, Ty, sing that one.
0: Oh, now, now I suddenly forget it.
2: Oh shoot! Yeah, yeah. What
0: is the
2: CBS da one? Da, 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 da no one, no
0: one knows. No one knows the CBS one because that's the wrong answer.
2: Yeah, it's like it's just fart noises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I th- yeah, it's tough because um, Madden used to have like a really good one, but I can't remember whose it was. Oh, yeah. It might have been Madden. Yeah. Can well, someone in the chat, can you phonetically do the CBS one for us, please? Yeah, do Isn't the, that jingly? The... It's really jingly, I think.
0: Oh, wait, wait. I just, I can hear it kind of in my head, and now I've lost <laughs> it. Now, I I can't, like, I can hear it in my head, but I can't, like, outwardly Oh, is it
2: ba-da-ba-da-da, da-da-da-da-da? da da Oh, that's Fox, I think, again. No, that's still- I'm gonna end up singing Star Wars. No, uh, dun, dun,
0: dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I had it. I had it for a second, and then I lost it again.
1: You can yeah. you can get them all on YouTube, and then right. We oh, should, really? we, we should tier them for the next preamble. Yeah,
2: yes. Okay, yeah, chat. There we you go. We can play them
1: on our phone or another device to get it right. through to the mic.
2: So, chat. If mm-hmm. Ty is able to make our special guest preview, we could subject our special guest to that preamble. I think they'd be down for that. There we go. Um, remember, next Sunday Seahawks throwback, so uh, there won't be a podcast because we'll be throwing it back to when we weren't born. Mm. <laughs> I, I,
0: I was I was alive oh, when they were. I was alive when they were wearing those uniforms. Oh yeah, you were alive think... when they were wearing those uniforms. We all, all were, of us, yeah. all of us were alive. Okay, that doesn't we'll be, work, we'll be throwing
2: it back to when we were three years old. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, we're gonna watch Star Wars: The Phantom Menace and banging. Uh, yeah. And, so on
2: uh, on Star Wars, uh-huh. do you think the you know how the prequels to us because we we're growing up with them were really good, yeah. And then yeah. everyone else is oh, like yeah. they're trash. Do you, are the current generation like? Oh my gosh, the Rogue One is the best Star Wars. I don't.
0: I don't think so. No. I don't. No, it's just bad, I, I don't, right? I, well, yeah,
1: I feel...
2: now, to ahead,
0: be man. fair, i I thought the I thought Attack of the Clones sucked even when I was a kid but really? i i really Whoa, like you're you
2: like cultured kid huh but so, i yeah. really
0: like i really like phantom menace and i still do like it still holds like a Cause special darth place in like art yeah yeah well
2: yeah
0: he's dun-da, so cool dun-da, dun-da, he's dun-da, red and black
2: dun-da. and has horns yeah
0: and yeah. you and you look like one of the main characters maddie right
1: yeah
2: i do Obi- obi-wan himself i beat darth maul right master
1: destroy us you did you 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 beat Darth Maul like five times in the canon. That's right. That's right. That's right. You are. <laughs> the, 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 there's just a matchup problem
2: there. Uh, uh. Was Obi-Wan 2 OP?
1: No, and and that's what makes him such a great character. He's he was like very good, not great as a Jedi. Right. What, he was human. as a as a as a duelist anyway. Like you could right. argue he's the ideal Jedi from a certain angle, from a certain point of view. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, point of view,
0: you were were right about one thing, Maddie. The negotiations (laughs) were short.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I i loved Attack of the Clones just because the arena battle, like my second grade brain was like, Oh my god, that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen! And I couldn't process anything else, I wasn't paying attention to the dialogue anyway.
0: All right, best line from the Phantom Menace. Uh, there's a lot of quotables. uh, I'm not very good uh, at um
2: i i i don't really master
1: destroyers
0: mine is negotiations but we've lost all communications
1: (laughs) oh no my favorite was when he's like uh that could only mean one thing invasion (laughs) (laughs) it's like the
0: base and the invasion
1: too he's like invasion (laughs) Yeah.
2: is that Uh, is that the one uh, is anakin really cold in that one he's just always cold
1: well, he's yeah. a little kid in the
0: Phantom Menace yeah but doesn't he says something about being cold
2: yeah uh, like doesn't he meet the Jedi mean Council sand. or something
0: mean the no. No, no, no 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 there's something about like I'm so cold or it feels cold yeah, or something I'm just like that. cold yeah yeah, yeah yeah I think it's when he's talking to Yoda in the right right in the, in the Jedi Council yeah, yeah yeah
2: he's like he's like what's up and he's like I'm cold <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how it goes <laughs> <laughs> we could uh we could do it yeah yeah, yeah.
0: yeah he's 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 like how are, yeah yoda's like how are you feeling or something like that and he's like cold <laughs> or something I, yeah there you go all, all
2: right. right thank you chat please like the video subscribe comment all, all that good stuff um Lots of love. (coughs) We love you. Have (laughs) fun. Have a fun dog walk, Griff. We'll do. Uh, Bye.